0: Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center. Also on Facebook, The Art Box.
1: Linda, the open mic was pretty darn good, wasn't it?
2: Oh my gosh, it was, Steve. What talent. And that's something that we have really looked forward to. We wanted to see what kind of talented poets would come forward to show their skills.
1: We grabbed, um, I think I grabbed a guy by the name of Eddie, who was really good. And then you went over. We're doing good at this splitting up thing. We so are. As soon as it was over, we knew where we were going. Linda headed for a gentleman named...
2: Glenn. Glenn brought me to tears with his poem, so I had to grab him and ask him to talk to us for a little bit.
1: Grabbed him, I grabbed Eddie, we headed back to our press room, and you're going to get to listen to it now. Enjoy.
2: Well, Steve, that was a fantastic open mic session, and we grabbed one of the great cowboy poets here, this is Glenn Baer. You spell your name B-A-I-R. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Glenn.
3: Thank you.
1: And your poetry grabbed us, so we're like, uh, we got to grab him.
2: It, yeah. it, and then you happened to
1: walk by us, and we did. Uh, so
2: <laughs> I had to get a tissue out. It, it really caused some tears there. So thank you for that.
1: So
3: Glenn, here we are with your family. You want to introduce? Well, my daughter, my favorite daughter, Shauna, and her husband, Tyler, and my wife, Janelle. I I have four daughters, by the way. And you did
1: say up there that it was your favorite
3: daughter. Oh, yeah. You can ask the other three, and they'll tell you they are. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it depends who's here, right? I have five sons as well.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's that's right. You said nine kids
3: Yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you down to the? Well, I was uh, raised in Washington State in a town called Ephrata. And uh, born in Idaho, but in, I, in Washington before I was a year old. And my dad was a farmer and I grew up farming and I knew what a shovel was be- before I was 10, way before actually. And uh, we worked hard on the farm and growing up, I went away to college for a year uh, and met my first wife who passed away three years ago, three and a half. And I feel like a lucky man because I'm happy twice. And uh, so I have Janelle now, and we're doing great. We have fourteen children between the two of 14 us. Fourteen between wow. And Wow! That, that's uh, tough so, at Christmas time. Well, yeah, yeah, it is, and birthdays. Uh, anyway, but Shawna gets the best present. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we uh, raised on the farm and everything around cattle and horses, and enjoyed that life. I feel like a really lucky man. I was, I raised my kids near a bunch of my brothers i have four brothers and uh, our kids all played together it was really a unique situation uh, my brothers and i farmed together and we still love each other it's not uh, it's really hard for a lot of families to work together but our dad was a really uh, patient man taught us to follow after him i think he didn't think he was the greatest thing but we all do and uh, about Nearly 20 years into my first marriage, uh, we were approaching our 20th anniversary, and I wrote a song for my wife, first thing I'd ever really written. And that got me started writing other songs, and then I sold some cattle to a guy who was a cowboy poet. And he introduced me to cowboy poetry. And I went to Pendleton, Oregon to the first gathering I'd ever heard of. And uh, my the name that sticks out to me is Leon Flick, and he has performed here in Elko many times. Uh, I've performed on the stage with Leon a few times, and he's a he's a great poet himself. So I started writing the, the music, and when I went to the poetry gathering, it hooked me. And uh, I heard guys say, "Oh, I got three or four hours of this stuff. I could rattle off and on, and and never repeat myself." And and and. Uh, So I started writing the day I got home, I swear. And uh, I wrote quite a little bit there at first. I've probably written about 70 different poems. And more than half are memorized. And then I also like to memorize, uh, oh, Banjo Patterson's one of my favorites, Uh, other poetry. When I hear a good one, I, I just like to memorize things, and it's a it's a gift for me that it's pretty easy for me to do. So uh, anyway, this is thirty years later, and uh, I I still write one once in a while. It's not like early on when I was I carried a little book in my pocket, and I'd think of a line and I'd write it down. And now I I've written a few on boring airplane rides and stuff like that. And there's a there's a few rattling around in my head that I need to get motivated on, but. Some of them just come to you, and you just write as fast as you can. And some of them you really have to work at.
1: Uh, who do you uh, practice on?
3: My wife, <laughs> and my kids, <laughs> and my brothers, and yeah, it's a fun hobby, and uh, something that I feel like I've been able to influence people. The one I gave today about the calf in the bathtub, I've had people tell me that they've changed their view on how to deal with their obnoxious children, some of them.
2: (laughs) It was particularly moving to several in the audience. I I saw Mm -hmm. a
3: few tears getting wiped away. Yeah. Thank you. You noticed that from up there, huh? When I first wrote it, and even now sometimes I'll be reciting it and I still tear up myself. Uh, By the way, the son that was in question at that time went ahead and finished his mechanical engineering engineering degree at washington state university and got a master's from the university of new mexico he has a wonderful wife and four kids now and he he uh figured it out there yeah. was a good end to the story right like i said though it doesn't always happen that way but he's he's doing awesome
2: that's fantastic <clears throat> i wonder if you would recite one of your poems for us today for our podcast listeners
3: sure i'll do that one if you oh like.
2: i would love to. I would love that. Let me grab my tissues again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's called Calf in the Bathtub, and to introduce it to those that haven't heard it, uh, I wrote this, uh, the first half of this poem is about a calf that actually was in our bathtub and uh, cold winter and trying to save those calves. You do whatever you can to get them warm when they've been too cold. And later on, when I thought I was all done with my poem, about two o'clock in the morning I was worried about this son and his buddies and, and the second part came to me so I it became a dual purpose poem I guess you could say there's a calf in a snowbank, a few hours old there's a north wind a blowin and brother it's cold though the cow's sure been trying he's too weak to stand there's not much hope for this one if I don't lend a hand there's a calf in my saddle I'm riding behind This isn't the first time. My old horse doesn't mind. Though the odds are against me, I've just got to try. I like working with cattle, but it's no fun when they die. There's a calf in the bathtub. My wife's helping now. Keep his head above water while I go get the cow. I get the cow in the corral. She's on the fight, but I'll need the colostrum to make this work right. I finally get the bottle full. I go and dump it down calf he coughs and splashes but somehow doesn't drown there's a calf on the porch where the wind doesn't blow he's up and all dry now about ready to go it looks like we win one it's not always this way seems they live just often enough to make us try another day there's a kid in a blizzard he's cold and he's lost it's not snow it's temptation if he just knew the cost he's made some bad choices since he started to roam If he just had more strength, he could find his way home. There's a kid on my mind. Am I doing my part? Do I push him away or help soften his heart? Does he feel rejection when he looks in my face? Or maybe that near me might be a safe place. There's a kid here who's wondering, should I come back or not? He's testing the water. Is it too cold, too hot? I know what he needs, but I can't force it down. He goes at his own pace he just might not drown there's a kid on the porch he's left the blizzard behind since he made the commitment there's peace in his mind looks like we win one it's not always this way seems they return just often enough to make us try another day
2: that's fantastic thank you
3: love it thank you
2: your style is a little bit different than some of the other cowboy poets that we've listened to and i just love how you bring the experiences that a lot of us share into your poetry and make it meaningful
3: for all of us. Well, thank you. It's it's fun to see when you're having an effect, a positive effect on people and that they're enjoying it. I, I appreciate this.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time to interview with us.
1: Yeah, thank you Glenn. And family. And
2: family, right. So what's the rest of your week look like? Are you guys going out to eat someplace special or well, we going we found to a show? good place
3: last night, but do you remember the name of it? I don't. Anyway, we're going to go back. Okay. It's down there near the Western Folk Life Center right across, and the meal was good, and it was inexpensive, and it was quick, and man, and the water is decent here. I'm a water, yes. I'm a water <laughs> snob. We have a well at home. Uh-huh. It's so good. And, most places you go, I just I just go buy a bottle of water because the water's so chlorinated or worse, you know. But the water here is pretty good, Elko. Go. Good,
2: and and the restaurant <coughs> will be easy to find, Elko small Enough, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So
3: <laughs> tomorrow I'll, I'm thinking about signing up for the musical open mic. I, oh. I write. I have some songs that I've written as well. So we'll see. Oh,
2: how fun! If we get a chance, we'll try to catch it. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Well, you you guys have fun and stay safe. Safe travels home.
3: Thank you, and thank for your this. You know, it always makes you feel good when you get this kind of attention, and I I appreciate that. Thank
1: you, guys. We didn't know whether you'd just say, "Get away from us." You guys, <laughs> you guys are small town. We don't want anything to do with you. Thank we, you so much. You Hey Linda, another good session, huh?
2: Absolutely. We grabbed Eddie Christensen from the open mic session. He did a fantastic job. Has a great delivery. Eddie, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in cowboy poetry?
4: Well, a little bit about me is uh, I in law enforcement. That's where I spent my whole career in law enforcement. I about twenty five plus years in in law enforcement, and uh, right now I currently work at a college and and that's a good environment. I teach, so I like to teach also, and that's uh, about me. Getting started in, um, in poetry, I heard my dad, when I was younger, he would share poetry, and he just do a handful of poems of some of the famous poets we know, and I really liked it, and I thought, hmm, I should do that sometime. And, and then dad passed away, and then uh, Every year we have a family reunion, and we do a talent show at the family reunion. <laughs> do you really? Oh,
1: we, how great is that?
4: Yep, and and we have musicians and all, and I thought, you know what? I ought to learn a poem for the family reunion, and so uh, I think in about 2015, I learned my first poem. I found one of Dad's poetry books that he had I got from Elko, matter of fact. learned one of the poems that he re- used to recite, and... And so I started out and learned a handful of poems, and then I thought, you know what, if I really want to try to do this for a while, I ought to write my own, or try to write my own. So that's kind of where it started.
2: And you mentioned you like to add a lot of humor to your poetry.
4: Humor, I just, I have a few poems that are more serious, but I think poetry is, for me, this is me, is meant to be fun. And that if people can laugh and enjoy it, or put themselves in the situation and go, Hey, that makes sense to me or I understand that or I felt that. That's what it, that's when I feel like I did a good job is when when people laugh and seem to enjoy it and just have a good time.
2: It seemed like a lot of the audience really enjoyed your poem about the boy going into the hen house to get eggs and having to confront the rooster that was guarding the egg.
4: Yeah, that's all that's all true. We'd help grandpa. That's all true we had helped Grandpa with do chores, and, um, and there was a rooster that just controlled the hen house, and controlled us, because I was probably about uh, seven, eight, and nine when I did that, and so it was a scary day with that rooster.
2: I was going to say, it seems like you're marked for life. Those <laughs> roosters are pretty ferocious, aren't they?
4: You never forget <laughs> it. You never forget it. And, and it's funny. I talked to family members that dealt with the rooster, and they never forget it either. Oh,
1: that's funny. How, how did your grandfather handle it, or did he have the same problem? That's why he was getting you guys. Together. No, my
4: grandpa was actually shorter than us. Yeah. He was he was just a little short short man, yeah. wonderful wonderful man. But he just did it. I don't think he was scared, or he could control the rooster. It was just as a kid, it was a scary thing. So <laughs> that was so good.
2: We've noticed a, a lot of our guests are immersed in cowboy poetry or the traditional music from their family. And that sounds like um, that part of why you do it is because of the tradition of your father.
4: Yeah, doing I, lear- the po- I, I learned from just watching Dad and thinking that was pretty cool. And then when I started to finally write my own, now as I've written poems... To me, it's kind of like a little bits of personal history. All the poems I write are true or based on true experience that I did, that my dad did, that we did together. I with my brother. I have several with my wife uh, poems, and so I compiled a book and and I give it to I have given it to my kids and said, you know what, kids? Not only is it poems and I did it, but it's some family history, and it's right. some it's something that. That you know, just little tidbits you can read about something that that I did or or people in your family um, participated in. So that's I just that's how I write them, and that's just what I like.
2: Do you have any poems about your career in law enforcement?
4: I do. You do? I do. I have a couple. It's funny. I actually wrote one a while back, and I have I wrote another one, so I have a couple about law enforcement.
2: I was just thinking about that because Steve, you know, I I was in education for 24 years. There, you're caught in a lot of humorous situations. And yes. I'm sure you experienced that as well in your career.
4: Yes, they are. Yeah, a couple of poems. I think they they're they're. I like them. I like them. One's new and one I've had for a while. Yeah. Okay. So Eddie, who do you who do you practice on? I practice mostly. I do it to myself. That I'll. I, when I'm outside by myself or exercising or something, I'll share a poem, and then uh, my wife's heard them way more than she wants to, um, <laughs> but but she she listens and she supports me and comes to this, and yeah. you know it's it's kind of a unique thing. I write my poems, and I don't know that I do a great job writing them, so I always send them to my mom, and mom was a school teacher, and so mom reads them over and. Cleans them up. (laughs) She cleans them up for you. She cleans them up so they make sense, and then I send them my sister, who's written some books, and she kind of polishes them off at the end. So I write them and do it, and sometimes they change a little or more than a little. But so there's, it's a family deal. Oh, that's fantastic. It really is. Do you ever dream about your poems? I don't know if I dream about it, but I can tell you when I wake up sometimes, like I practice them at night time, like this morning before coming today. I, I woke up in the mor- four in the morning and thought, I'm not sleeping, so I might as well practice my poetry in bed. I don't dream about them, but I do practice them when I wake up at night.
1: Yeah, That's funny, because Russ told us that sometimes if he can't sleep, he'll do his poetry and it'll put
4: him to sleep. It does work for me, too. <laughs> it does work after one or two poems. I don't finish it, usually.
2: You seemed really comfortable in front of a microphone. I noticed some of the cowboy poets, maybe it was their first time, but they... We're a little bit nervous, but you seem very comfortable.
4: I just feel like I like to get involved. In, in I, I want you to feel the story or the emotions or what's going along with it. I do that, but also my whole, most of my career in law enforcement. Uh, both my parents taught school, and so I like to teach. And so I've taught classes on the high school level. I've taught classes on the college level, and so. I don't. I don't. I do okay in front of a group, and so I, then I add the animation or the emotion and try to just get kind of into character.
2: It does make a difference when you have that experience as a teacher, doesn't it?
4: It does. It right. does. Yeah. And you so, jumped right out like that. It was yeah. okay. He's
1: comfortable.
2: Right. Okay. So, what's the rest of your week look like?
4: Well, I'm going to do an open mic session tomorrow. Um, uh, my, I've got my my two sisters and mom here. So uh, they they often, besides my wife following me around and doing things and supporting me, my sisters and my mom do, and so I, I think we'll uh, do I'll do an open mic tomorrow and probably one on Saturday and and then just enjoy poetry with everybody else.
2: Sounds good. Do you have any advice on where to eat here?
4: I don't know. You can tell us because we just we're just trying to learn and. This is about the third or fourth time we've been to Elko, but we just pretty much stay right in this area. Yeah, you remember know, somebody
1: told well somebody and somebody just told us too about Star. Yes, it's supposed to be really oh. good Basque food.
4: Basque. Oh, okay.
1: And they said the only vegetable at Star is potatoes, so I guess it's definitely a comfort food place.
4: The
2: little cafe across the parking lot from the Western Folklife Center has just about everything. It's it's called Coffee.
1: The coffee mug or the something coffee, like that. Yes. Okay. yes. It's really good, really nice people.
2: Right. And large portions, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yesterday I got taco salad, huge taco salad. Today I got...
1: You did a club sandwich today. It was a
2: club sandwich, but it was California club sandwich. So it was chicken salad with avocado and bacon, lettuce, tomato. Really good. So, But they have just about anything.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: just like really nice people too. Right. I'm always I'm always on the really nice people. They can right. have the worst food, but if they're nice people I'm there. You
2: know? They are very nice people. Yeah. And they have pie. Yeah, they I have said pie. that like twice.
4: Yeah, but they don't have
1: but they don't have pickle pie. No. Yeah, have you ever heard I've of pickle had pie? That. I've you had, had it. Have you? Yes.
4: <laughs> yes. Very good.
1: You've been to Bicknell, Utah then. You're
4: exactly right. Yes. That's exactly where I had it. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's way really funny. And they've got some
4: other They've got a whole bunch that, of different pies, but yeah. yep. How about that? Another
1: Picnell person, another Picnell lover. All right, Eddie, you gonna do one for
4: us? Sure, I'll do one that you would ask about um, law enforcement. So okay. I I'm gonna share this one tomorrow, but I'll share share it now because I think it goes along with your question you asked okay. about law enforcement. And I and I and so to give you just a quick background, um, a few years ago we moved. I retired and we ended up moving and continuing law enforcement, but this is this is kind of about that move at the beginning. Cowboys are tough with sharp keen eye, rugged manly look, no need to try. Willing to work with steady hands, speaking their mind, straight shooter they stand. Mix cowboy with cop, no better a pair, the skills they share nothing can compare. The training of cop makes him tough as steel. whatever he seizes, no big deal. Cowboy cop starts adventures new. New job, new town, new things to do. Needs place to live to hang his hat with six-shooter close, ready for a spat. Friend says, my business is the place to live. There's a room on the second floor I can give. Will be great to see you. The past will bury. Rent is cheap. Come live in my mortuary. (laughs) My throat went dry, my voice went hoarse. Was this a joke? Must be, of course, not a joke. My friend was serious. He thought, great. I thought, delirious. First night at the mortuary, I got the tour. Large cold cooler, tables, machines galore. Caskets, shovels, a great big hearse. I had a sick feeling things would get worse. My friend in the lead said, we will go down, down to the basement we might see a clown. Then he chuckled and under his breath softly said, you might meet Freddy Krueger when you go to bed. (sighs) The stairs were wooden, many years of use, the walls were rock, my neck felt a noose, the floor was dirt, my mind thought, newly dug. Was this the end? Would I be snug?" While in the basement, he told me a story about The Undertaker when it got gory. He used the phrase, people are dying to get here, followed with, do not worry, there's always somebody near. We survived the basement, but happiness was weak, friend left for the night, left me to seek sleep, rushed up the stairs to the second floor room, locked the door tightly, it felt like a tomb. Slept with lights on, always facing the door, one eye open, prepared for much more, six-shooter close in easy reach, anything through that door, I would teach. Up in the morning, little rest was enjoyed, convinced myself I wouldn't be annoyed. Nothing to worry about, it was all in my head. I was a cowboy cop. Sixteen hours till bed that's great <laughs> that's great uh,
1: you know what your eyes did you the performance yes okay. and you, we should you, you, you turned into you turned into a performer
2: yes mm-hmm. and we should tell our listeners that all of our cowboy poets are performing they are not reading these poems they're they've committed the poems to memory which is amazing for me
1: can I ask one more favor please but you probably need to run but I'll still ask I'm good
4: I have plenty of time could you do the rooster you, you bet I could. Oh, you're so nice. You bet I could. Almost every ranch or farm has an animal that might cause harm. The nose ring bull with eyes of steel, the gigantic hog with high-pitched squeal, the mischievous mule with mighty kick and striking heel. These animals may cause fright, but pale in comparison to the creature of flight. The mighty rooster is the one that gets me. He's very scary, as you'll plainly see. He struts out of nowhere. I think all is clear, but that is not so. He is suddenly near. The dreaded creature causes sweats and chills. Young and old want to head for the hills. Knees quake and adrenaline spikes. No one is safe. At any time, he may strike. Each person prepares to meet the creature. We want something long so we can reach her. We choose our weapon, pitchfork, bat, or broom. I choose the shovel, so give me room. The chore is at hand, the eggs are waiting. My vision is blurry and my courage is waning. I head for the hen house, slowly opening the door. Not very wide, but my eyes are wide open as I peer inside. Is he hiding in the shadows or up high on the rack, ready to swoop down or waiting to attack? I am paralyzed with fear. Those flaming eyes like lasers, pickaxe, nose and claws like razors. The rooster steps into the light with wings spread wide. He is watching me. I want to hide. Stuck still I freeze, but the job must be done. I must gather the eggs one by one. With my eyes on the rooster and shovel pointing his way, I grope for the eggs that in the nest lay. The job is a juggle. I try to be quick, so far, so good, but the nightmare starts to tick. Like lightning, blur of rooster attacks, instinct takes over, muscles react. Bucket drops, eggs shatter, mess is final, my overwhelmed mind thinking only survival. To hence the shovel I must defend, I strike at the rooster a very weak send. It's a dance with the devil, as at me he rushes, strike and move at all cost, avoid his touches. My only thought of mind is escape, backing up, bumping walls, chaos is taking shape. I reach for the door and feel a fresh breeze, I am outside, I am free. But the rooster keeps coming, he's outside with me. I run like the wind, feet barely touching the ground. He is close on my heels like a thirsty bloodhound. I see hope, one last chance for survival. I leap over the fence to safety arrival. But what can I do when it's my turn again? I know that the rooster is not my friend. I might wear a mask or add padding to thicken, but this I know. I don't want to be chicken.
1: (laughs) And I have in my mind seven-year-old Eddie. Yes. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct.
2: Thank you so much for sharing your two poems with us and and your time with us. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you very
4: much for asking. This was great.
2: Well, that was fun, wasn't it, Steve?
1: We were laughing, huh?
2: We were. And, you know, something really interesting, our listeners... Aren't able to see, of course But when these gentlemen and women recite their poems They become the characters Oh, They do It's fantastic yes,
1: The facial expressions Yes, yeah, It's great so, Eddie was so nice that he gave us a book of his poems
2: Yes, he did Wasn't that thoughtful?
1: It was thoughtful Okay, so now we're off to um, see who else we can get Or who will drop by our press room you ready, Linda? Let's go get them.
2: Sounds good.
0: Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.